Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip-hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip-hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip-hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. Song like it always is for the 75th time at Storm Radio 66. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Officially now 8:31 p.m. EST. 7:14:18. Ten days after the Fourth of July, some of y'all are still celebrating. Let's get into it. Y'all got to forgive me, man. I made the mistake. Of mixing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with cornflakes <laughs> with a milk and cream pie. Oh, oh. I had a Tortino's pizza. Man, trail man, I got hungry and rather than just fix something to eat, I went with a little bit of everything, man. I went buffet in the refrigerator and it did not work. So your boy is struggling. Uh, I love each and every one of y'all, man. I love each and every one of y'all, man. Pray for your boy, because we always joke about how fast 120 minutes go by, man, but these first three have been rough. They like the pages on Facebook, at GQ Forever, Inside the Eagles, the Thunderstorm Hip Hop, Sports Entertainment Network, and my personal, Jeffrey Nice, editor, sports writer, journalist. Bookmarkers, you got four ways to listen to us, man. You got Blog Talk Radio, you got iTunes, you got TuneIn Radio. You got Stitcher. Uh, we got to take over television. More on that in a few weeks. We're not going to spill all the beans right now, man. I just thought I'd throw that out there. That Thunderstorm TV yeah. thing is getting real about the day. Yes. Call the show, man. Call the show, 602-753-1759. We got an old school bus battle that's still going on. Not ready to, re- uh, to reveal the results until the end of today's show because votes are still coming in. People listening to last week's show trail in preparation for this one. And uh, got a couple of new listeners on that thing, man. They've been listening to the podcast, so they're still voting. And we'll be able to reveal the the results of the Prince versus Michael Jackson on school bus. That'll be done by the end of the show. How you doing, little brother? What's going on? What's going on? I am here. I am here. Ready to go. Got some topics already. I'm ready to talk about, ready to discuss. So we're going to see how it goes. Let's get into it. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. We revealed the results of the second annual tournament of MCs bracket on last week. Dr. Dre yeah. triumphed with a finals victory over uh, Tech Nine. It was an amazing, amazing tournament fueled by you guys' votes. Thousands and thousands of votes came in. That is not an exaggeration. And we took the time because y'all took the time to, uh, to do something that we were we were doing. Um, y'all took the time to support it. We took the time to go through every single vote. We targeted them. And we had a lot of surprises. Biggie and Tupac both going out in the second round. But it was a wonderful, wonderful tournament, man. And I'm about ready for March Madness. I wanted to cry. 
I am. I'm ready for March Madness too. I'm ready for that. You know, especially see what my boys yeah. look like. Oh, uh, new and um, new new tournaments and uh, the 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 real thing too as well. College basketball, man, is pretty much all I can do now, man. I, I'm I'm done with the NBA. Uh, don't care about LeBron going to Pizza Parlor. Or not showing up at the Pizza Parlor. Not really interested in the uh, summer league. Um, don't really care who this Knox guy is, even though he's got my same last name. Don't care who this Knox guy is with the New York Knicks. Um, not too interested in what the Lakers are doing. Um, don't really care too much about the, the Sixers right now, even though I'm a Sixers fan. All I'm ready for is these next 50-some-odd days and football kicking back off for real. That's all I care about. Yeah. What about yourself? I'm, I'm, yeah, sir. I'm ready to hear pads cracking and and helmets smacking. I'm ready for all of it, so let's go. All right, man. Speaking of helmets cracking and um, <laughs> speaking of helmets um, cracking and pads smacking. This how we gonna get here. Yeah, man. It's, I I came across something today, man. I came across today. I saw a hashtag that worried the crap out of me, man. That hashtag trail is hashtag XFL. 2020. Tell me it ain't so. Tell me no. they're not going to do it again, man. I know they're not about to start this up again. Like, we already have seen it. Like I said last week, you can't challenge that big dog we call the NFL. It just ain't going to work. It just don't work. That's a waste of money and a waste of time. I totally agree with you, man. I, I really don't know we're going to get some news on that one, man. We're going to get some news on that one. I'm actually going to pull up something that we can actually read here on the air here in a second, man. But um, the thing I like about this, I'm excited, Trey, believe it or not, man. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm excited about this alliance of pro-American football, man. That one actually has my interest. The reason being, the main reason being is because they decided – that they weren't going to do what the XFL tried to do and did miserably, man. They decided what they were going to do is they were going to give you an alternative once football, the NFL season actually had ended. So the Super Bowl was over in February. Towards the end of February, we started kicking off with the Alliance of American Football, uh, eight teams currently, and their season will run during what's been the NFL offseason. So you're getting a little bit of American football and you're getting it all year probably won't be the same level of uh, uh, the same level of product that we've gone to expect from the NFL, man, but an alternative uh-huh. just to give you something else to do. And you can watch that in conjunction with what NFL is doing in the offseason, man. They decided, you know what, we're not stupid. We're not going to compete with that monster. <laughs> we're just going to give you something else in the, in, the, uh, in the meantime. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, here's my problem with it. Uh, like you said, we got the XFL trying to kick off. We got the one you talking about. And I was watching the NFL Network the other day, and I see they got a flag football league now with all these NF- these ex-NFL players in it. You got Michael Vick. I seen Jacoby Jones out there. I even seen Nate Robinson. It's so it's mm-hmm. like everybody. It's like everybody trying to compete for the same slot. After football season is over, everybody the real diehard football fans they need more football. Like me and you, like we. I've been so ready for football to kick off. I ain't even worried about all the rest of the, the basketball stuff going on. After the playoffs go off, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm ready to move on to football. So it's like everybody trying to fill that slot. But 
I'm one of those people that feel like too much of something is, you know, it's a bad thing. Because now you got the XFL trying to kick off. You got the American football league you were talking about. And now we got this flag football situation with these, you know, these ex-NFL players. It's like, okay, so now y'all trying to force it down, I feel. And, and I just don't think uh, some something going to have to give. One of them going to have to die out before we can really see a steady, you know, league after the real football season ends. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you, man. Um, I'm liking the alliance idea. I'm not sure about the XFL idea. This is what we got. The alliance has combines popping up in August. Looks like August 4th of 2018 in Houston. August 18th of 2018. Excuse me. That's August 4th of 2018 in Los Angeles. August 18th okay. of 2018 in Houston. The 25th and the 26th. They got two dates in Atlanta. Uh, they got a countdown on their website, 209 days, 23 hours, 20 minutes, and 53, 52, 51, 50 seconds until the Alliance kicks off for the first time on Saturday, February 9th on CBS. So they got a television partner, too. No, Brad Childress. Be... I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm very Brad Childress. Intrigued. Almost... Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I said I'm very intrigued because I guess anytime I get to see former coaches that have that has actually coached on the the higher level, and it makes me intrigued as to why they would do it. So I'm gonna give it a try because they decided to do it. So I'm one of those people that if they decided to do it, it makes me intrigued because I want to know what made this you know, this partnership so different from the rest of them that we've seen that you want to try it. So I'm very intrigued to see how it goes. And I'll be watching. Mm-hmm. This is what I like, man. Um, I may have sued you guys wrong here. It looks like we actually have, yeah, no, it's 18. It's 18. Uh, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, fam, is it's going to have to be some offensive fireworks it's going to have to be some prowess because if they come out of the gate with some 9-6, 10-7, some 13 zeros, that might uh, steer people away from the television pretty quickly, man. But uh, in theory, I'm really interested in what I think might be an offensive showcase. you got the Alliance Atlanta team headed by Brad Childress. you got the Alliance San Diego team headed by Mike March, you got two offensive-minded coaches there, and uh, you also got a dude that we all know and love, or some of you guys hate, Steve Spurrier from Alliance Orlando. Spurrier, uh, former coach of the Florida Gators, former coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, where he attempted to infuse some energy into the South Carolina Gamecocks football team and program, did it for a little while, and in typical Spurrier fashion, once things started going in the wrong direction, he broke camp faster than you can say Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> Time out. So he's actually coaching? Steve Spurrier. I'm going to give you coaches here. So you got Elias Atlanta. That's Brad Childress. Elias Birmingham, uh-huh. Tim Lewis. Elias uh-huh. Memphis, Mike Singletary. Don't expect a lot of points coming out of that one unless he's got a great offensive oh, coordinator. Time, you got a, time out. Time out. You said Mike Singletary. You talking about linebacker Mike Singletary? 
Yeah, you know Mike Singletary had his little brief run as a San Francisco 49ers head coach. Yeah, the one that didn't work at all? Yeah, there was a lot of fire and brimstone, a lot of loud talking and things of that nature. Um, he was also an assistant over there with the uh, the St. Louis Rams. He was actually part of that move when St. Louis moved to Los Angeles with uh, Jeff Fisher. So he was an assistant coach over there. But he's the head of the Memphis team. Um Orlando, as we said, it has Steve Spurrier. This is actually interesting. Rick Neuheisel at uh, Alliance Phoenix. Dennis Erickson, who um, won't pique the interest of very many, um, won't pique the interest of very many NFL fans, but might get some of those uh, former Miami Hurricanes and current Miami Hurricanes fans to the screen. He's the head of Alliance Salt Lake City, and um, there's a San Antonio team. Headed by Mike Riley. So those are your eight teams. Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, Phoenix, Salt Lake City, San Antonio, and San Diego. So how is the – I'm trying to figure out how would you even get, like, a steady schedule to play out and how would a playoff system work? It's only eight teams, so, like, what, only you, – you sending, what, four teams in the playoffs already? or how? We, I'm just trying to figure out how that's going to work. That's actually interesting. This is what we got here. Led by some of the most respected football minds in the game, the Alliance of American Football is high-quality professional football fueled by dynamic alliance between players, fans, and the game. Fans will be able to stream alliance matchups live via the free alliance app while accessing integrated fantasy options with real rewards. For themselves and the players, they are cheering on. Players will have state-of-the-art protection on the field and ample opportunities off of it. Don't know what that means, but that sounds interesting as well. <laughs> the Alliance will provide players with comprehensive bonus system, post-football career planning, as well as counseling and scholarship support for post-secondary education. Founded by Tim TV and film producer Charlie Ebersol and Hall of Famer Bill Polian, the Alliance features 18 under a single entity structure playing a 12-week season kicking off on February 9th of 2019 on CBS, and it will culminate with the championship game the weekend of April 26th through the 28th, 2019. So they're kicking off right after the Super Bowl. They're finishing up with their championship game right before the NFL draft. Again, planning this thing out perfectly. <laughs> we ain't trying to run for no feathers or make that real football league man. Real perfect because they know they'll get it, ain't gonna get no viewers, so that's yeah, that's perfect. I just I want to see, I'm interested, and and that's why I'm intrigued because now I'm really wanting to see how the playoff system and like how the playoff system gonna work. And what I I just gotta have, I guess I'm gonna have to wait and see. So I'm I'm really interested to see how this goes. Yeah, me too, man, me too. Everybody's complaining that we don't rock the old school bus enough, man. And they say just because somebody loses on the old school bus, they still want to hear some of the old school records, man. So we're going to ride the old school bus for the majority of the evening. Um, crank it up. We're going to go with one of the classics over the past few weeks, and we'll be right back with you. Somebody, she's a 
They sat there and said, you know what, y'all play some doggone good music, especially during the old school bus, man. But why just play it just that one time and never play it again, man? So um, some of the requests have been for some of the stuff they've heard recently on the old school bus. That's one on way, one no letting go. Um, yeah. You know, when I first heard that record, I, did, I didn't really like that record when I first heard that, man. And I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about records like that, but I'm sitting it's at the house watching videos. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it, man. I don't know. I don't know how to. I mean, I don't know if it's just repetition. You just keep hearing the same stuff over again. Like you listen to a dumb song, and then all of a sudden, you, you're singing it yourself. But 
that definitely didn't fall in that category, man. It was just it just wasn't my thing. And then next thing I know, I'm watching a video, and all of a sudden it's my favorite song in the world. Like for some reason tonight, it just sounds better than every other time I've heard it, man. So, okay. shout out to Wayne Wonder. Well done on that one. Well done on that one. We're back. Um, looking through, looking through some of the tweets, some of the social media, man. We're just having a, we're just kind of having myself a lazy day today. The highlight of my day was walking to the mailbox and finding out that a cousin of mine stays about ten to fifteen feet in walking distance from where I am. I'm exaggerating, not quite that close, man. But we both met up at the mailbox today and and discovered that we had both been living in the same complex for the last two years, and uh, never crossed paths until the day at the mailbox. So, shout out to uh, Tony. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> been my cousin, been family my whole life, and all of a sudden he's one of my neighbors and has been my neighbor for two years, and I didn't even know that. But trending um, <laughs> topics. So you go through social media when you're just sitting at the house and you're trying to, you know, just clear your mind from uh, uh, the work schedule or things that may have bothered you or a nasty text message you got, or if you're you're like me and you live my life, all of the above. So (laughs) while trying to do the Christian thing and not send some inflammatory copies back towards somebody else that may have sent something to you, I ignore them. My escape uh, trail is YouTube. Little Madden on the PlayStation 4. Shout out to Sony, by the way. This PlayStation 5, man, remind me to talk to you about this PlayStation 5 here in the next couple of minutes. So I'm looking through trending topics. You got NASCAR. You got MD Live 2. UFC Boise. Some of the stuff you expect to see. Then you see some rather unique tw- uh, uh, trending topics that you may not know what they're talking about, but they're getting a lot of attention, like Stage 1. There have been 205,000 tweets about that. Hashtag AFFL. 1,700 tweets about that in the last hour. Fire in the booth, 15.1K tweets. And then there's this one I came across <laughs> that almost had me drop my cereal, man, and it was hashtag SFL2020. I said, no, man, they can't be doing this again, man. So what I did, Trey, was I tried to make sure this wasn't just some sick joke. I went, and my thing is uh, – I always consider the source, and I went to some reliable ones here. I went to Forbes. I went to uh, Mac. Well, I don't know about how reliable Maxim is, but they're, they're pretty well read. And I went to Sports Illustrated. This is what Sports Illustrated had to say on the topic. Vince McMahon commits $500 million to new XFL, as if he didn't lose enough money the first time. WWE chairman Vince McMahon is expected to spend $500 million on the XFL, according to ESPN. After McMahon announced in January that he was relaunching the XFL, that one slipped past me, he sold $100 million in WWE stock to provide league funding. However, McMahon expects to spend around $500 million on the league in the first three seasons, reports ESPN. People were focused on the $100 million, but the truth is that doesn't even get us to the 20-yard line. League CEO and commissioner, check out this name, Oliver Luck, told ESPN. The biggest cost for the league will be salaries for players and coaches. Luck said the average salary for a 40-man roster would start around 75000 but more popular players could earn more. The original XFL, which only lasted for one season in 2001, paid players an average of 45000 for a 10-week schedule. 
the XFL will relaunch in 2020 with eight teams of 40-man rosters playing the 10-game schedule. McMahon said the game will be played faster in about two hours and will be more fan-centric. It will not feature any crossovers from WWE talent. The original league promised a brand of football, somehow even more violent than the NFL, lasted just one season in 2001 and cost both WWE and NBC millions of dollars. That's from Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Man, as I sit here and I listen to you read this, my only question is this. Does he like to lose money? I'm trying to figure out 500, you said 500 million, right? Let me make sure I'm clear. 500 million. 500 million. That's, that's what it is. Okay. So you're going to spend 500 million on something that you tried one time and it failed miserably. The, and then this is the other kicker to the situation. Even if we say, okay, we'll give it a try. The kind of talent that you're going to be – where is your real talent going to come from? Because everybody – I say right now, in my opinion, the NFL is snatching up most of the the star power kind of talent. You may have some players that slip through the crack because of behavior situations, but for the, but for the most part, the NFL is really taking a majority of the – the players that you can put in front of, you know, a TV screen and say, that's the star of my league. So, I, and I guess I would, like I said uh, before, we didn't just have to sit and wait and watch. But um, it's one of those things where I'm asking myself, who's going to be that one player that you can put on the TV and say, that's the star of my league, and actually get people to tune in enough to where you can at least try to make some of your $5 million back. Because if you can't do that, and I understand they have TV partners, but the one thing we got to understand is if they got Vince McMahon or and all these people involved, then they're gonna he he that's the one thing I have to give Vince. He knows how to get people to partner with him. It's just that all of the things that he's ever tried, you know, some of them, especially with this XFL situation, it just it didn't work. So I'm trying to figure out why would people – that's like kicking a dead horse. I'm trying to figure out why people would even invest in that when we've seen he did the same thing and it didn't work. And I'm really sitting here trying to figure out what is going to be that much different from what you did the first time. I understand all that stuff you said is going to be more fast. The game going to be played under two hours. Listen, that that don't make me know never mind. As a true football person, I want to see quality football with quality players. With this situation, I just don't know if we're going to get it. But like I said, before I knock it, I'm going to have to try it. And I'm going to see. But I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Um, This is what Forbes says. Now, um, we mentioned mentioned the failure the first time and, you know, his – partners and so on and so forth. But I'm just sitting here. The one thought that keeps going through my mind was, I wish I had a million dollars that I could just throw away. But um, exactly. $500 million is invested exactly. into this over the course of the first three years of it. 
But um, that the failed experiment the first time kind of led to some strange relationships uh, between two guys who were actually seemed to be pretty good friends, Dick Ebersol <laughs> and uh, Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But um, and if I remember correctly, I'd have to go back and double check when the WWF at the time was first making this launch. They we they would used to have like those Saturday night fights and stuff like that. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think those were on NBC as well. That's when we got to to taste the Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. at the end of Saturday night and everything. Um, yep. Saturdays were great back in those days too. By the man, man. Yeah, like uh, you had Kung Fu, you had Saturday morning cartoons. You were off from school, had a little WWF at the end of the night, got to chill on some Hulk Hogan. But mm-hmm. this is what we got here from uh, Forbes, man. When Vince McMahon announced the relaunch of the XFL, he said he wanted to go it alone, to put the pressure of success or failure on his shoulders and only his shoulders. A chance to deal with no partners, strictly funded by me, which would allow me to look in the mirror and say, you are the one who screwed this up, or you made this thing a success, he told ESPN. And I'm going to stop right there, Terrell. Does that sound like he tried to throw a little shade at NBC and say it was they fought the first time? Yeah, what do you say? it does. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> okay. Okay, just making sure. Now the WWE chairman is expected to drop $500 million on the first three years of the XFL, according to a report from ESPN. When he announced the reboot of the league in January, initial reports had him spending about $100 million. This bankroll and the appointment of a commissioner with football experience as the XFL version 2.0, positioning itself as a legitimate football league, not the flashy, attention-seeking sizzle with no fake outfit that lasted one season in 2001. Oliver Luck, a veteran of sports leadership, has been installed as the league's CEO and commissioner. Before leaving for the XFL, Luck, the father of Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, and some of you also remember him as, what is he, what was he, a Miami Dolphins quarterback? No, they weren't the Miami Dolphins quarterback. No, it was the Oilers. It was the Oilers. Oilers. There you go. There you go. The father of Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck had been an executive vice president at NCAA. There he oversaw regulatory affairs and strategic partnerships. In the past, Luck served as the president of NFL Europe and the athletic director at West Virginia University. In college, Luck played quarterback for the Mountaineers before playing, as you mentioned, sir, for the Houston Oilers in the NFL. He served as the chief executive officer of the Houston Sports Authority, which helped bring the Texans back to the NFL in 2002. And Luck served on the college football playoff committee in 2014. So, success or failure, completely on the shoulders of McMahon and Luck. Your thoughts on that, Trill? Can I tell you what I feel like this is? When I listen to you read all this stuff, you know what it sounds like? Have you ever had, like, a food or something that you know, like hot sauce with, 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 like, fish without hot sauce or your chicken nuggets without your barbecue sauce? It's like... When you that thing that's missing something that you know, like if it had that last look, uh, it'll be good. Like it'll be real good. Yeah. But it's like I just it's one of those things where it's like I'm sitting here like I'm hearing all this, but it's like I still feel like it's gonna be missing something. Like it's gonna need that extra oomph. Like if you ain't got that, it's not gonna yeah. work. And you bringing in all these washed up people, and yes, they're washed up, and you expecting it to draw people. But the one thing that that I think Vince is really missing on this point is when you did the CFL a long time ago, 
that was back in the day. This generation is totally different from what from that crowd you was catering to back then. This crowd mm-hmm. right here, this generation here, they like stars. They like people that I can go buy his jersey and I can put it on and I can say, okay, that's my favorite player. If you don't have those type of players in your league, this is gonna be this is gonna be another five hundred million dollars down the drain. That's what I'm saying. It's like I hear you reading all this and I see it, but it's like it's gonna be missing that extra oomph. This is where I'm at with it, man. And um, you said a couple things that actually got my my wheels to turn a little bit. One of which, when you were sitting there talking about the talent that would be needed to to make this engine go, because in the end, it's going it's all about coaching and it's all about who you got playing for you. Um, after reading what the alliance is doing, I'm thinking that second tier level of talent was actually filtered over to the alliance. Now I'm thinking. Just, just in the premature thoughts of both of these leagues, I'm sitting here thinking the Alliance has a better chance to succeed than the XFL has because it seems like, just based off what I'm reading, we don't have a lot of material here. It just looks like they have a better plan. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I actually, I, I can't admit, I used to watch a little bit of NFL Europe. Um, I was actually entertained by NFL Europe, and the, the, a lot of it was the fact that these were NFL players who were actually allocated from teams to actually go over there and play and so on and so forth. That's how we found Jake DeLome and guys of that nature. Um, the XFL gave us he hate me, but the one thing that we always want to throw in there, and, and, and it is worth mentioning, the XFL gave the NFL a lot of things that the NFL does usually, like the sky cam. Um, they're showing us replays behind the quarterback so you can kind of see what the quarterback is seeing as he's looking down the field, um, miking up players for the games so on and so forth, and we get a lot of insider stuff from NFL films as a result of that. Um, the XFL gave a lot of things to the NFL that the NFL still uses to today. It was bad product after about the first week or so. The Alliance looks like it has a has a better chance of succeeding, just in my opinion. But my thing is, I'm feeling like the XFL probably won't even get second-tier talent. They might get third-tier talent. They're the the guys who can't make mm-hmm. it in the field may actually go over there. Because if you're looking at it, man, you only got 53 spots on an active roster for these guys, and you got like 10 play. Uh, what is it? 10 practice squad spots. So you only mm-hmm. got like 63 guys on a team with 32 teams, man. There are a lot of guys who can play football. It's they they may not have been good enough to make the NFL, but uh, is it is it unreasonable to say that they could actually filter over to a, an alliance and actually give us something worth watching? Hmm. And that's what and that's what scares me. I don't think they can. Okay. I don't because, like you said, if anything, it's going to be a lot of third-tier talent. I mean, at this point, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I think going to happen. This is and this is you're going to hear here first. You know who's going to be the star they league? Johnny Manziel. That's who Vince. Johnny Manziel. That's who Vince about to get. Wow. That, wow. That, that's what I think. Don't tell me that, man. Don't tell me that, man. Because, because listen, it all, it, it, it's all going to cumulate together. Listen, Johnny Manziel was a struggling NFL player that just couldn't get his mind right to make it in the NFL. He's trying to get back mm-hmm. there. This needs a star that people know that can, you know, bring viewers. 
their match made in heaven. He want to get back to the NFL. He won't be that long. I mean, you know, which I don't think it'll get him back because how much are you really proving against third-tier talent? But he go out there, run around a little bit, sell some tickets, and we know Vince. Vince love a show. So I think, you know, he uh. You know, he'll love that. You know, he'll love that. So, I just think, you know, it'll work. That's the thing I'm seeing, though, Trey. I don't think, I don't think even if, say, say Johnny Mizzell doesn't make it in the NFL. I don't think he's going to the XFL. I think he's going to that, to that alliance of American football. I think the XFL has left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth, man, that what's going to end up happening is these guys are going to look at the XFL just have the word punchline going through their head, and they go like, you know what? Let me go over here to the alliance. At least there's a coach I've already played for. At least there's um, guys I've actually heard of. I grew up watching Steve Spurrier on television. My daddy told me all about Mike Singletary. I remember the Rams and Mike Martz. Uh, he could make an offensive juggernaut in the league like this. I mean, I'm when we say third tier, man, answer, they might not even get third tier coming in. Now, answer this question for me. Who is is that? Who is helping him put this five million together for this project? Who, like, if I'm any businessman, I'm not touching this because the one thing we see about Vince, the only successful venture that he has is the WWE, and even then, that was given to him by his father. That wasn't his project yeah. from off the ground that he, he just came from ground up and you built that. That was already established before you got it. Now, yes, I will give you credit because he took it to the next level, but when it comes to seeing him start things from ground up, it's been a flop. The XFL the first mm-hmm. time was a flop. So if I know that, and because I do know that because I do my research, why would I invest five more five hundred million dollars into something that I already see? This is something that we've already seen before that we know didn't work. So why would I invest right. five hundred million dollars into that again? I, I I know one thing for certain. Now you ask where he got where he gets his five hundred million dollars. I'm gonna be honest with you, Trey. This has got it. <laughs> Everybody got it. Is this? Yeah. This, yeah, is, this, guy, this is making yeah, other guys think it is. Like yeah, no, I was thinking that to myself, too. He probably did got it. As he got yeah, it. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody putting no money into that. The, the, WWE, the WWE, man, I, I would have to check the numbers. The WWE is in the several million dollars mark. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was approaching a billion. You, you know what? I, I mean, got a question for Somebody just text me this, and I got a question. I got a question for you now. One, one, somebody that's listening to the uh-huh. show, they text me a name, and I just I just want to ask you a question while we're on this XFL and all these football leagues. Hey, this is the out. thing, though. Two point, the, the WWE is worth $2.9 billion, by the way. Okay. Woo! Estimated, estimated. That's the estimated value in 2018 by Forbes magazine. Oh, just let me touch. What's the name? Lord. Colin Kaepernick. Somebody texted me that name, and, and I was wondering, do you think if he goes to any one of these leagues, whether it be 
the one you speaking on in the XFL. If he goes to one of these team, one of these leagues, and he proves that he still got it, what it takes to be a quarterback, do you uh-huh. think that will leave the teams not blackballing him? Because I, because well, I, you know what? Let me stop because I think they're blackballing. You know what? So I can't. I can't speak for everybody. So what I'm gonna say, I don't know who you think that was. I don't know who texted you that name, man. I don't know who texted you that name, man. But you got to give him a shout out, man. Because I got something for that on the other side of this. Crank up the old school bus again. We gonna go a little patty, and I got something for that Colin Kaepernick thing. DC joins the broadcast right after this. Let's go.
a long time ago, she told us she had a new attitude. The Thunderstorms got a new attitude. We've been debating about this for years, man. Love or hate her, <laughs> enjoy it or not. Whether you think Patty can sing or not, Abel, what Patty LaBelle, man? Abel, what chick can kick her shoes off and roll over the floor like it's somewhere around the rainbow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And whether you turned off by it or you love it to death, man, Abel, what Patty, man? Abel, what Patty? You back the old school bus, you riding that thing all night? DC, a surprise twist here. DC joins the broadcast live via the Thunderstorm Hotline from South Beach, Miami. How's the vacation going, homeboy? Man, it's lovely out here. Winter, water, the beach is amazing. Hey, if, I got to say, if you ain't been down here, you got to come out here. He said women and water. Nah. <laughs> hey, 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 you know what, though? That's all you need for a vacation is women and water. That's all you need. That's it, right? You don't need nothing else. Well, man, you know, uh, you know, you my you you my homeboy, but you my brother in Christ first, man. You God's creation first, man. So I'm gonna have to pray for you, man, down there because it's certain I know my limits, and it's certain things I can't do. <laughs> and in order for me to take a trip to South Beach, Miami, in the state that I am in now, man, I got to have a serious, serious, serious team of prayer partners around me, man, because. I easily venture into something I had no business doing. So we appreciate you coming in, man. DC joins us via the Thunderstorm Hotline, man. Um, and thank you to everybody that contributes to the show financially. Let me say that first of all. We've been talking about the Alliance of American Football, DC. They kick off in 209 mm-hmm. days, 22 hours, 42 minutes, and now 57, 56, 55 seconds. In <laughs> August, we got combines. Um, Mike Kaepernick did one. Los Angeles, August 4th of 2018. Houston, August 18th of 2018. And two in Atlanta, August 25th and 26th. There will be lots of women at that one. Maybe not water, but lots of women at that one as well. The Alliance kicks off February 9th on CBS. The XFL, we saw the hashtag today. Apparently this has been talked about for a while. The first time I've seen it, the XFL kicks off in 2020. Your part on that DC and try to hold the party down a little bit, man. We're getting a lot of background noise for you, man. What you out there doing? Man, it's just movement everywhere. My fault. <laughs> you good, you good, good. What's your thoughts, man? Alliance of American Football, XFL. What's your initial thoughts on that one? Oh, man, to be real with you, I didn't even know they was bringing it back. Man, how long has it been since it's been gone? It said, uh, well, the, the the season ended in 2001. The, the XFL tried it in 2001. It didn't work. They've been going now about 17 years. But um, dang, that seems like it was a long time ago. Don't. I'm stuck in the middle of that, man. It doesn't. It it really doesn't seem like it was 17 years ago, but we know it wasn't yesterday, so I guess it has been a minute. Yeah, that's, that's 17 years, man. Ooh. I mean, well, the last – the Alliance has eight uh, teams, man. Uh, just to kind of, just in case you hadn't heard, the Alliance has eight teams: um, okay. Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, Phoenix, Salt Lake City, San Antonio, and San Diego. 
they say eight inaugural centuries, which means they're going to add to this, man. So um, what's your thoughts on both the Alliance and the XFL? Okay, see, my thing on all of this is, it's always a question that's always been on my mind when they bring something back. Is it going to be as entertaining as it was back in the day? That's that's my number one question. And second of all, who are the top players that's going to be in here? That's that's my other question because I I don't know. Like I said, it's been a while since I haven't heard about this. So if, if y'all can feel me mm-hmm. in. I don't know. I don't know that it was entertaining the first time. I think that, that, like, that first week, I think we got caught up in the camera angles and we got caught up in the nicknames on the back of the jersey, like He Hate Me, who actually ended up on a Panthers roster, I think. Um, the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the uh, MVP of the league ends up uh, the quarterback of your Pittsburgh Steelers, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, so there was some there was some, there was some um, holdovers from there that actually made it to the NFL, man. Um my first guess would be that some of these guys are trying to use the alliance to try to springboard themselves back into NFL stardom or maybe try to use the XFL to springboard themselves back into NFL stardom. We like the idea that the uh, alliance is not competing with the NFL. They start after the Super Bowl. Their championship game is before the NFL draft. Um, the XFL has never been shy about stating that they're trying to compete. But um, as far as players, coaches, things of that nature, we know who the coaches are in the alliance. The XFL. Mm-hmm. One rumor I'm hearing is there may be a team in Oakland because with the Oakland Raiders getting ready to move out of there and head to Las Vegas, there are some rumors of a football franchise returning to Oakland. Now we know the Alliance doesn't have that, so might the XFL have an Oakland team? That's that's kind of the rumor that I've heard. Uh, right before we went to break, Trail got a very interesting text from a friend of his, and. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, break that one again, uh, Trey, just in case somebody may have joined the broadcast late. Um, well, I was rude on the show. You know, we get text messages all throughout the show. We just kind of try to hide them. So, of course. I'm sitting here on the show, and my girlfriend texted me a, a name. She said, my girlfriend Cookie, she texted me a name. She said, what about Colin Kaepernick? So, my question was to Knox. If he decides to go to either one of these leagues, we're talking about the XFL or uh, the league that Knox uh, was speaking on, do we think that that will be enough for him to uh, get a job and for these NFL teams to stop blackballing him if he goes out there and proves that he still got what it takes to be an NFL quarterback? I'm gonna put it like I'm gonna put it like this, man. I'm gonna put it like this. This is my opinion, and then I'm gonna get yours, DC, and then we got to get yours too, Trail. Hey, let me let me just say this, man. <laughs> Y'all know me. I have never subscribed to the theory that Colin Kaepernick was completely blackballed by NFL, and people have hated me for that. But let me just explain my stance on that, and this is why. Number one. Colin Kaepernick was barely on the team when he decided to take a knee. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick got bitched by not one coach but two. Colin Kaepernick was given his starting position by the San Francisco 49ers by um, Jim Harbaugh, a uh, football genius now with the Michigan Wolverines. And Colin Kaepernick never really showed to me that he was an NFL quarterback although some will give him credit for taking a San Francisco team 
that should have made the Super Bowl a year earlier back to the Super Bowl. There are a lot of people who could have quarterbacked that team and got them there. I think he added the dynamic. I think the thing Harbaugh was enamored with was the fact that he could run too, and he had a strong arm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was in the division with the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Seahawks, and if yes, there yes. was one way to beat that Seahawks defense, if you had a quarterback that could run, not just stationary waiting back there to get hit, if you had a quarterback that could run, you could give them fits, and Kaepernick did that. Um, mm-hmm. Kaepernick, I don't think is good enough to play in the NFL, and I think that's been proven. He lost his starting job to some dudes that shouldn't be starting in the league anyway. I mean, I don't remember who was starting for San Francisco at that time, but Kaepernick was the second on the second, the second quarterback on the team then, barely on the team then, and like kind of tilting between that and like third string quarterback. He was given some opportunities to play somewhere else. He didn't want to take them because they wanted to sign him as a backup. Not the starter, but as the backup. So he was given other opportunities to play. Now, I think the fact that he had this stance didn't help him, but I think to sit here and state that the reason that he's not in the league is because that he took a knee, I disagree with that. But I do love the idea <laughs> Of him maybe going over to this other league, this Alliance of American Football, picture him with not NFL level talent. Picture him with like that next level down. Those guys who might just be on the verge of making it, wasn't good enough to make it, are never going to make it, but good enough to play professional football. Think of Kaepernick in those type systems. And just think about the name Kaepernick. And just think about the fact that that might, that might be your game one right there. February kicks off, CBS. What if Kaepernick ends up on this uh, San Diego team with Mike Martin <laughs> and made the first game of the season? You're tuning in. Which is possible. Yeah. What if Kaepernick ends up with Steve Spurrier? That's a bad combination. I wouldn't want to see that one. <laughs> you don't want to see him with Steve Spurrier? No. No, because the one thing we know, I'm a, I'm a South Carolina alum. That's where I graduated from. So, uh, for me, Spurrier, you never knew what to do with athletic quarterbacks. So, and I'm and and, and you can tell him I said it. He's never known what to do with, with athletic quarterbacks. He had he like pocket passes to stay in the pocket, read their assignments, or read through their progressions and make you know the correct throws. When it comes to athletic quarterbacks, I just don't think he would know what to do with a talent like that. He would try to keep them bottled up and make them like a pocket passer, and that's just with with a quarterback like Colin Kaepernick, you can't do that. So I, I wouldn't want to see that combination. But that's just me. You got a point there. But now that you said that, it's making me think. Now, now that you mentioned that, we got to remember the other side of Colin Kaepernick, which was part of his failure in the NFL. Kaepernick couldn't master the NFL offense. Kaepernick was a guy who basically had two reason college. They ran a pistol at Nevada, and they were like, look at that guy, look at that guy. If they got open run. That was the offense. Mm-hmm. He goes to the NFL with, I wouldn't say maybe elite offensive weapons around him, but good enough. So he goes to the NFL, and it's the same thing. Look at that guy, look at that guy, if they not overrun. And then somewhere in there you had the read option and stuff, you know, you know, hand the ball off if, you know, the linebacker doesn't commit. If he does commit, run. Same type thing. He's basically got two reads. The thing about Jim Harbaugh's offense 
and with the offensive coordinator. They were frustrated because Colin, who had a very low score on his one league test, couldn't grasp the complexities of the NFL offense. So what ended up happening was they scaled things back, and they scaled things back, and they scaled things back. This is part of Colin Kaepernick's problem that nobody else wants to admit to. <laughs> they kept making things, dummy, they dummy stuff down and dummy stuff down and dummy stuff down to the point where y'all remember that game where the Arizona Cardinals had four interceptions on them, and then they talked to Tyron Matthew after the game, and he was like, what they was doing was just so vanilla and basic. We knew what was happening when they broke the huddle. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. That's how we got for reception. I do remember. It's nothing. Co- it's nothing complex about what they're doing. This is like this is like junior high school football they playing. We didn't have to study for this. <laughs> Wasn't no film study necessary. That is why Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL. Not because he took a knee. Because nobody's ever been able to answer to me. If Colin Kaepernick is not in the league because he took a knee, why is Malcolm Jenkins still in the league? And why is Michael Bennett still in the league? And why is everybody else who can actually play still there? They're still talking about the national anthem policy and whether or not guys should even come out before the, the thing now. Ooh, knock up against you. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me go right now. Let me go right now. The reason why they're still there is because they're not the one that started it. He started the whole revolution. So you got to understand something. When people don't like something, when you start messing with bottom lines, bottom lines, which is the checks and the money of the owners and the NFL owners, and that, that was messing with their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're Betrayal. Not, you're not going to do that. So that's why. Betrayal. That's why, he, that's why it ain't the same. Betrayal. And then on top of that, the if we go, hold, 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 you can go. And then the reason why you said about Michael Bennett and Michael Jenkins, the reason why they still there is because when they were told to shut up and they were told to follow them orders, that's exactly what they, they shut did. Up. They, did. <laughs> they shut up. Because Michael Jenkins sure did on your Eagles. When they, they they tried to make it where oh, no, 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 now no, he compromised. Yes, he did. He compromised no, for what they wanted. No, that's why. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He Michael did. Bennett. Yes, Michael sir, Bennett. Did. Michael Bennett continued I, to raise his fist from Saturday in at the end of the Super Bowl. Michael, and I, what I, ended I up happening Malcolm was Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins said he had said, let's have a conversation. Malcolm Jenkins is the one that said they said we're not going to the White House. Malcolm Jenkins was still holding his fist up at the Super Bowl. Hmm. Malcolm Jenkins' whole thing was. Let's have let's have more of a conversation. And this was the guy that went out and got money from the NFL because their their whole thing was, well, what do you want? That was the difference between Malcolm Jenkins and between Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick didn't was the first one to do it, yes, but Colin Kaepernick didn't have a doggone plan because we said Kaepernick, why are you kneeling? He didn't even have an explanation for it. <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins sat here and said, is the one that sat here and said, we need money for our communities. We need this. We need that. We need better schools. We don't have books in our schools. We can't do this. I'm raising my fist because Colin Kaepernick didn't even have a wherewithal to sit here and say that there were people dying by police officers. I'm sitting here and saying, just say the words, Kaepernick. Hold on now. When did all that come? All of that came after after he abided by what they wanted. All of that came out. No, he that. didn't. After they went. Because, yes, it did. Because yes, it did. You're wrong on that trail. No, not. And this is why. Uh-uh, you're wrong on that trail. This no, is why. Not. Because what happened was they have a new national anthem policy in place now. 
And what the new national anthem policy is, is they're not even supposed to come out of the locker room if they're going to protest until the thing is over. Malcolm Jenkins is protesting that. Because <laughs> he sat there and said, Malcolm Jenkins went on Twitter five minutes after that happened. Where was Kaepernick? Malcolm Jenkins went five minutes after that with the signs that he wasn't talking and said, y'all are still trying to silence us. Y'all still aren't getting it. That's not what this is about. Malcolm Jenkins went after Trump. Colin Kaepernick didn't even have an explanation for why he was kneeling. And Colin Kaepernick was still on the bench when he was kneeling. And you know what really affects the bottom line for NFL owners? Winning. These guys are still playing because they help teams win. Malcolm Jenkins is a fixture in the Eagles defense, and one of their team captains. He helps the team win. Colin Kaepernick didn't help the San Francisco 49ers win anything. They were a Super Bowl team without him. Had they, so had they been you, able to catch you two punts? So now, are, are you, you telling, telling me, me that Colin Kaepernick that there are that there you telling me that all these quarterbacks in this league of the NFL you telling me all of them are better than Colin Kaepernick? No, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert beat Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert beat Colin Kaepernick. But, but there are a lot of backup quarterbacks in the league. No, I don't think that um. I don't think a lot of these backups are better than Colin Kaepernick, but they accepted the backup to, position. And you got to take I think into Colin account, Kaepernick. And I think what we uh-huh. have to take into account also is this: what, even though it all it's bad timing, but Colin Kaepernick also got injured. Now he was trying to come back from injury when all this stuff going on. So it's, you you know they at first they were saying he had a dead arm. Then he he worked it up, you know. He got it to where he could he could you know go get back to doing what he used to do, and you know it was taking him a little time. But while it, while he was still starting and stinking up the joint, I will admit he was stinking up the joint. But I I'm just one of those believers that you can't tell me that every quarterback that's in the league right now is better than him. So if we can't do that and say that with with Vincent, then he needs a job. I mean, Actually, I ain't saying he got to come in and be a starter, but a back. And, and then on top of that, we've seen teams pull, uh, you know, where they wanted to try to act like they was going to – Seattle, matter of fact, Seattle. They tried to say they was going to bring him in for a workout, didn't never get around to it. Like, it's, stuff like, it's stuff like that that make me say he blackballed. Not because, like, yeah, I agree with you when you say he – he was, you know, he was thinking up the joint. But this is my question to you. How many teams have went to that extent to say, oh, we're going to bring him into a, for a workout, and then all of a sudden they just go, they go left, and we don't hear about it no more? Don't really let me tell you. Let me tell you. You're right. You're right. But let me tell you this, let me tell you this too. And me and now, as much as we talk about it, I mean, I write sports. We all are, we all are like sports aficionados. We're experts in what we're talking about. Me, you, and D.C. We all are geniuses at this thing, man. But we would all also agree that the NFL coaches know more about what they're doing than we do. DC and I, I, Trail, we sat there and went through all 32 teams. Listen, you remember this, DC? We went through all 32 teams. We listed every quarterback on every team, and we sat there and said, is Kaepernick better or worse than these quarterbacks? And the only team we could get him on was the Jets and the Cleveland Browns. And that was John and Kaepernick. Oh, come on. Come on. Did y'all forget about Jacksonville? I know Jackson's your new quarterback down there. 
Jacksonville. He could he could play backup for Jacksonville, but I think um, I think what's he, my man's name starting in Jacksonville? Uh, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles has done enough to show that he can earn the starting spot for a little while. They they believe in him enough, and honestly, what I saw, if had it been prior to last season, I would say you're right. Last after what I saw last season, I am prepared to say that Blake Bortles, as bad as he is, is still better than Colin Kaepernick. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know why? Cut that out, man. Cut that out. Oh. Cut that out, man. The thing about Colin Kaepernick, the thing, we, the thing we like about Colin, the thing we like about Colin Kaepernick, he is athletic. Yes, he has yes. a strong arm. Yes, but there are certain things that don't work in college football that work in the NFL. He can't read NFL defenses. He doesn't understand the NFL playbook. He couldn't pass a basic knowledge test with basic math questions and word problems. He got an eight. On a test, eight, twelve, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It wasn't so. Charlie Kaepernick had a a rocket for an arm that he couldn't hit the side of a building. And then you sit here telling me that now the rocket might be gone. What does he have left? He's not intellectual. That was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had injuries. He still was functional. He was bad. He wasn't the Peyton Manning we remember, but he was good enough to get them to, to help them get to a Super Bowl. It's like Michael mm-hmm. Vick. Once Michael Vick couldn't run anymore, Michael Vick's career was over. <laughs> because oh, and don't don't and be RG three too. And it's like, running. Yeah, because it's the same thing. Michael Vick, RG three, Colin Kaepernick all had the same problem. Michael Vick is in a divisional game against, actually a wild card game against the Green Bay Packers. Michael Vick is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Michael Vick has Deshaun Jackson running wide open at the five-yard line. He throws to the back corner of the end zone to Riley Cooper, who's double covered. (laughs) That is Michael Vick's career because – as much as we love these athletic quarterbacks and we like to see them run around and we like these playmakers, those football games always end like Colin Kaepernick's season ended with the San Francisco 49ers against your Baltimore Ravens. You can mm-hmm. run them all the way down the field, but them drives always end with the quarterback having to make a throw from the pocket. And when he had to do that, they lost the Super Bowl to your Ravens. <laughs> Why? I mean, he is not an NFL quarterback. I mean, listen here. I'm not upset about that at all. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not upset about that Super Bowl at all. Matter of fact, I'm glad that you make that throw. But if we're talking, I'm I'm one of those people that believe uh, he's really being blackballed because of his opinion. And I think this is the NFL's way to show that if you don't follow our rules and our regulations, this is what can happen to you. Whether you – whether they blatantly doing it or not, they're not blatantly disrespecting them. But everybody knows it's like the code. It's like one of those codes that go unsaid. Like everybody knows, but it don't get said to the public. So I feel like that's what's happening to them. It's one of those codes where everybody's trying to stay away from that because right now Colin Kaepernick has created the Tebow effect. And what I mean by that is wherever Tebow went, the media followed, and it was a big media circus. So I think. Wherever he goes and whatever team, whatever team decides to take the chance on him, 
That's what's going to happen. He's going to have a media circus. And then on top of that, he done been away from the game so long that now you really don't know. You was already talking about he made an eight on the test. He was, he was subpar. There's like, we don't know if he done got better or worse. You know, with Michael Vick, the time was in the game made him better. So we would just have to wait and see. So it's the unknown with him now. So, I mean, I think going over there to one of those leagues to get back on topic would be a great thing for him because we can at least see that, okay, you still got the, you know, the intangibles to be a great quarterback. So I, I think you should do it. You write about, you write about a lot of things there too, man. And I know we're planning around about it, but um, I do think – Regardless of his limitations, I think Colin Kaepernick can go to an XFL. I think he can go to the last of American football, and I think he can shine. And I think, yeah, I do. Too. I think yeah, he is good too. enough to make certain NFL. I think he's good enough to make certain NFL rosters. The thing was, they offered him backup positions, and he didn't want them. So it's like, I mean, it's hard to say both, man. Like, was he blackballed or wasn't he? Because after all this stuff happened, and he, the media circles was in, there were still teams that reached out, like, we'll take you as a backup. And he sat there and said, no, I'm a starter. And you mentioned Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow had the same problem. Now, Kaepernick's better than Tebow. Yeah, he definitely is. Tim Tebow, I've seen Tim Tebow throw passes and the ball didn't even spiral. (laughs) But Tim Tebow had the same thing. Tim Tebow only took the backup job in New York because it was New York. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars, right there in Florida, where he's a god his almost to some people. His hometown. Where he's the man, offered him the starting position, and he said no. I want we didn't, we didn't do We didn't do Tebow wrong, and I, I, I do see what you're saying, man. I just, you know, I just, it's just one of them things, like that Prince Michael Jackson thing, we just going to always be on the opposite side. <laughs> oh, yeah, always. But, you know, it has to Hey, it is what it is. Hey, this is this is something else we wanted to get into, Trail. I want to get your opinion, and we got to get you your opinion on this too, DC. Um, speaking of the Sorry. NFL power and their muscle, y'all heard about the Lashawn McCoy thing? Yes, yeah, yeah. I have. Might have. Oh, I've been waiting to get through this. Crank the, crank the bus oh. up. Crank the bus up. We've been riding the bus all night. Crank the bus up. We come back, Trail. Go for the scene on what's been going on with uh, Lashawn McCoy, and we gonna get his thoughts on that. Yes, sir. Y'all are voting. Song number one on the old school bus battle results to be revealed at the end of the night. Song number one is uh, that guy um, from that family.
Me and Trail would never agree. I will say that the man is a genius. That boy there is a bad boy. We will always be on the opposite sides of the fence. But don't ever let me, what I'm saying confuse y'all. Michael Jackson was his thing. Michael Jackson is his own lane. Michael Jackson is a legend. Salute to one of the legends. You got time to get your votes in. That's song number one. Beat it on the old school bus. Got an interesting story because somebody told me to go into a little bit more detail about this, man. Back in the day, they used to have work for hire contracts. I think they still have work for hire contracts. All y'all that are trying to be artists, know the business, man. Because I keep telling y'all, that word business is twice as long as that word show. And y'all keep focusing on the show part and the glitz and the glamour. You got to get the business down. The business worked for Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson, as much as I pick on him, was one of the most shrewd, most cutthroat businessmen about the music industry yeah. that I've ever yeah. seen. And I'll be honest with you, I love that about him. <laughs> yes, now, Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson, when they were putting together Beat It, they needed a guitar player. Another reason why Mike is not better than Prince, because had it been Prince, he just played a guitar himself. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. But not I knew it was Now, on Beat It now, y'all got to admit, that's one of the greatest guitar solos we have ever heard in the history of music, is it not? It is. Now, we know Michael Jackson did not play that guitar solo because Mike can't play the guitar like Prince can. Can we, we, we know that, do we not? <laughs> we know that. Do, do we got to answer these but, questions? <laughs> I, will, I will say this though, man. Crazy story, and we got to move on. Crazy story. When they were putting together Beat It, they had to hire a guitar player, so they go out and they get Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen signs a work for hire contract, not knowing what it means. One of the biggest mistakes he ever made in the history of his career, and he had a good career. Eddie Van Halen signs a work for hire contract. Now, I may be confused about the numbers. He gets somewhere in the area of five figures to come on beat it, play that legendary guitar riff that goes along with that song and that guitar that guitar solo, one of the greatest guitar solos I've ever heard. He got about forty thousand dollars. Thriller sold one hundred and eighty nine million copies. Eddie Van Halen never spoke to Michael Jackson after that. Greatest guitar solo in the history of music. One of those things like um when Arrested Development kicked Dion Ferris out and they had that new member and she goes up and gets the Grammy for Tennessee and they're playing Dion Ferris while Arrested Development is going up to the... It's, it's like that type of feeling. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen has heard that song his entire life. Michael Jackson is dead and he made like $40,000 to play that guitar solo and Mike made 189 million copies sold off that album. You do the math. Eddie got screwed in that one. But that's what a work for our contract can do for you. We're going to pay you this much, and that's it. You're not going to get any more benefits from what we make off this song. Just had to throw that in there. We got some sports news. Uh, Trail got some information on us about what's going on with LaShawn McCoy. What you got, Trail? Okay, so for those of y'all that don't know, um, I've been following this story ever since it broke, really. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, the running back for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he has been accused, and I do say accused, of um, beating his ex-girlfriend. They're calling her his ex-girlfriend now. Um, for those of you that have not seen it, please go look at the photos that she posted 
um, she posted a long message on Twitter with a picture of how she looked the day before and the day after uh, the assault. Now, the pictures are, they really mind-boggling. Like, her eye was swollen shut. It was closed, uh, lip-busted. She looked like she was dead, honestly. Uh And um, she talked about how... uh, Go ahead. I got a question for you, man. Now, um, cause, and I'm I've I wrote this about this story once, but I just wanted to get some clarification too. Now, she um, the the she posted photos and then they were deleted and they were reposted by somebody else or what was going on with that? No, what happened was she originally uh, posted it, and then after the legal situation, after she got with a lawyer and everything. The lawyer told okay, her gotcha. to to take it down because of gotcha. the legal process that had to go on. So what happened was she took it down after she uh after she had originally posted it after she had got with uh her legal team. So gotcha, appreciate it. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's what happened. Um, and once again, Lashawn McCoy has come out and denied these claims. He said that he had nothing to do with it. Uh, he he wasn't there. This wasn't his, you know, his doing. But um, a story broke yesterday that he may have, he wasn't the one that committed the crime, but he may have been the one to set her up. So, like, he paid someone to uh, violently attack her. So that is the story. Um, like I said before, I, we want to make it clear here on the Thunderstone, we are not saying that this man is guilty. We are not saying that he has committed these crimes. These are these, this is what has been alleged, so we don't know for sure. Mm. Wow. Mm. This is what I know. Um, regardless of what happens with the case, um, Lashawn McCoy will already be convicted in the court of public opinion by a lot of people. Yes, sir. Um, regardless of what ends up transpiring in the case, he will be suspended. Um, yes, I'm not. I'm not an Ezekiel Elliott fan because I just I didn't like his high school team. I don't like the Ohio State Buckeyes. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but I will say that in the case of uh, Ezekiel Elliott, man, to be honest with you, uh, they they did they did note that the uh, case was thrown out as far as his domestic violence situation, but. The league, the NFL will still perform its own investigation. And just the fact that it got this far and he's in this situation, they will punish him and he will serve a suspension because of the league's conduct policy. And it just ain't no way around it. You could be found innocent of anything, and the NFL will still do its own investigation. So it's unfortunate. Um, I hate to see it. I've been a McCoy fan forever, and I, ho- I personally hope these, um, all this is false. Um, I really don't know what you're going to do, Shady. But um, there's a soft spot for me for him because, you know, he's all-time leading Russian Eagles history, so on and so forth. But I hope this is one of those things that goes to a conclusion on both sides that's safe. And, you know, I, I pray for, um, you know, him. And I also pray for the victim, you know. No no woman should have to endure that whatsoever. And if you that type of dude mm-hmm. that would do this to a woman, then, I mean, God help you. Shame on you. Do what's your feeling, man? 
And my whole thing with this, I'm kind of like you guys. I'm just neutral because I, I was always told there's three things. There's one side to the story, another side, and then there's the truth. So and, until the truth comes out, which I feel like it won't come out whole, fully, 100%, we're just going over what we know right now. So. Um, for me... It's one of those situations because I'm a Ravens fan, man. It takes me back to the whole Ray Rice situation. Oh, um, uh, when I when I read the story and I'm looking and you know I'm I'm doing my research on it, it it reminded me so much of the Ray Rice situation. The only difference in this case was we had actual video of Ray Rice, yeah. you know, knocking his his fiance at the time and now wife. Uh, he knocked her out cold in the in the elevator. So it was one of those things where I'm just looking at I'm looking at the situation like man ever since that happened to him he never got a second chance like those are one of those things where he really wanted a second chance and and for a minute it looked like the Ravens were gonna give it to him and then you know after you know the the public got a hold to it it's like you know they changed the the whole mindset of the Ravens so that's. That's what I'm waiting to see with this whole situation is how the court of public opinion may change uh, the brass in Buffalo's mind because we know that whether we like to say it or not, but people like me and you and the fans, they matter to uh, NFL owners and, and when it comes to these kind of cases. So I'm just hoping that, you know, we let like we all have said, we let the whole truth come out. Um, I'm not here to speculate on whether he did it or not. Um, that'll be handled in court, of course. But um, I, I'm hoping that he wouldn't do something like this. Just off the strength of looking at those photos, man, that's that's gruesome. If you can do that to a person, you know, like like not said, God help you. But um, I just hope and pray that you know the truth comes out, the real truth, and. He can either carry on with his NFL career, or we'll see another case of Ray Rice. He won't get another opportunity, and I'm and he's but, too great of a running back for me to want to even see it come to that point. Mm-hmm. Which on it, and from there, um, from Shady McCoy, we go to Leandria Johnson. What you got on that trail? <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So, for. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know um, Leandria Johnson. She's a gospel singer. Um, she's well known for her. She started on a show called Sunday's Best that, um, that used to air on Sundays on BET. Um, anyway, she has risen to become a pastor. I think her church is in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Atlanta. Um, she is the pastor of a congregation in Atlanta. Um, she travels the world. She sings. She does TV appearances. You know, she does it all basically. And um, she basically uh, last week on I want to say she was on YouTube. She posted a video. Um, and for those of you that haven't watched it, go watch the video. It is mind blowing uh, because some of the claims that she is making, she was upset with uh, past with Bishop Marvin Wine. Some, I don't know the logistics, but I know something occurred that she didn't like. And um, she started speaking on the state of the church. Uh, she was smoking cigarettes in the video. 
she was cursing, using all kind of language that just isn't God godly like. But um, you know, it, it happened, and you know, she she later tried to come back and apologize after she seen that it kind of rubbed the church the wrong way. So she came back and apologized, which I'm thankful for. But um, yeah, man, that's all I got on that situation. What's your thoughts, man? I got something for that one. Uh, let me let me go ahead and say about three or four things on that one right there, Trail. <laughs> All right, let me, I, that's why I gave you the first one, dude. I got some things. Thing, thing, number, thing number one is this right here, man. Why is it only called church hurt, number one? Now, when you have somebody that disrespects you at your job, when you have somebody that disrespects you at your college, when somebody disrespects you in your fraternity, you don't have fraternity hurt. You don't lash out Kappa Alpha Psi, Delta Sigma Theta, and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority because a couple of your line sisters said something that you didn't like because they spit in your face and hazed you while you was trying to cross over and make the line. You had no problem there. When you sit in here and you go visit your doctor and your doctor is 300 pounds and your doctor smokes cigarettes, you don't call your doctor a hypocrite. You follow every single solitary thing he tells you to do as far as your health. But as soon as something goes on with the church... It's church hurt. It's the vessel is lying. See, something's wrong with the doctrine. And if you are in that number, let me just go ahead and say this to you right now. Grow up. It is time for you to move out your mom and daddy's house, become an adult, and look at things from what side of it is just what you're looking at. The church didn't hurt you. Somebody in the church hurts you Because the person responsible For the church, the person who died For you, went to hell and got up On the third day, is the only person That can help you out of your situation And guess what He had 12 disciples One of them sold him for 30 pieces of silver And two of them, we can argue, didn't even like each other He had 12 people walking with him And he had three or four problems you think you're not going to have a problem 2018 years later with a church with 700 members? And you say because one of those 700 members hurt you, now the church is wrong and you got church hurt? Leandria Johnson, grow up. All y'all people that agree with her, grow up. All you people talking about church hurt, grow up. It's time for y'all to be some adults in this. Because before I was a sports writer, before there was a thunderstorm, I was a Christian hip-hop artist. And let me tell you about Christian hip-hop and Christian music in general. Everybody y'all celebrating ain't what y'all want to claim that they are. Everybody using the banner of the cross ain't really following what the cross says. Just because I put God's name on the banner doesn't mean God is in what I'm doing. Hello, Tyler Perry. Yes, How are you doing? Oh, he, he just because I say God don't mean I got God in me. Leandria Johnson, how you doing? We call it names now. Oh, it's the storm. It's the storm. Yeah, I said it. Write me. I like it. Write me. But let me. But let me. But but I will say this though: the church didn't hurt you. And I'm and I'm being I'm being a clown about it and everything. But the church didn't hurt you. The church had nothing to do with what happened to you. Eddie Long making a mistake has nothing to do with Jesus. It does in a way, but it doesn't. Because let me break something else for you. Eddie Long is still in heaven. Leandria Johnson, if she accepted Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior, she is still going to heaven. 
Tyler Perry, as much as I can't stand him in that dress he keeps putting on, <laughs> when he dies, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He'll be in heaven too. The church didn't hurt you. Somebody in the church hurt you. Because you never disown Kappa Alpha Psi. You never disown Omega Sci-Fi because you had a problem with one of your line members and you and him got in a fist fight. Because your homegirls didn't just invite you to the conclave. They are not hypocrites because they are pastors with issues. A lot of pastors commit suicide because they don't have anybody, they don't have an outlet to tell people their problems because this person might judge me. They might think I'm a phony. They might stop coming to church. This is what y'all have created. Because I'll say it again, and I'll say it to the day I die. You have never looked at your overweight doctor who smokes. You have never looked at your insurance, uh, your insurance provider who probably drinks and drives. I know one or two or three in Charlotte and the Rock Hill area. I ain't going to call their names out. They know who they are. <laughs> Some of your people who want your insurance policy engages in drinking and driving. Your doctor goes mm. home and beats his wife. He's not a hypocrite. Neither is your pastor. Well, some of them are. But the only problem is, y'all's discernment is so messed up, y'all won't be able to recognize the ones that are phony for the ones that are real. Because you condemn Creflo Dollar, and you condemn Kirk Franklin, but you celebrate Tyler Perry and Barack Obama. The phone lines are open, I dare you to call me. Go ahead, D.C. Go ahead, man. I, I, what? You know, it's hard or something. Go ahead. I'm ready. I mean, what can I what can I say after that being said? But I I do understand what he's saying. Everybody supposed to have they certain opinions on certain things or a certain job, and if you do the opposite of what you tell the people, yeah, you look to as a hypocrite or whatever. But I mean, the same thing I always tell people, and sometimes I can tell myself. You can't worry about what other people say and think about you. Especially with the church folks and the holy holy and down folks, they gonna judge everybody to the day they die. So, I mean it's still human. You people make mistakes. Hey, as long as God forgives you, that's all that matters at the end of the day to me. But yeah. everybody uh, had that mindset. I guess y'all And we got good news for y'all. Yeah. We got good news on the song, too. God did forgive you. That's what he sent his son to do. Go ahead, Trail. Yes, sir. I guess I'm the last one to go, huh? Y'all knew I had something to say. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is how I put it, man. When I see things like this, your walk with God has to line up with what you tell people in public. That's just like if I tell people that I can go out here and sell car insurance. If I'm working at a dealership and that's what I do, when I step in my job, I should be able to sell car insurance. If I tell people I'm a basketball player, when they when I step on that court, I'm supposed to be a basketball player. If you tell people, if you, if you profess that you're a pastor and you have a calling and this is what you're called to be, that means every walk of your life should line up with what you're, what you're preaching to your congregation. Now, I'm not, hold on, before everybody writes and condemns me, hold on, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, because, yes, church people can still get mad. Church people can mm-hmm. still have, be upset. That's why you got to stay prayed up daily. It's a daily thing. It's, this ain't something that you can profess Jesus as your personal Savior, and then you, gotta, you can stop praying. No, the same work that you put in 
to profess Jesus as your personal Savior the same work that you got to put in to keep him as your personal Savior. Because just like drug addicts fall off the wagon, Christians can too. But it's, but it's a choice that you have to make in order to get there. And I think to add on to Leandra's problem is not only is she struggling with that battle, but it's being played out in the public eye. So now I got a million eyes on me watching what I'm doing while I'm trying to fix my relationship with Christ. So now it comes down to I have to proclaim what I'm doing. I have to make sure that what I'm saying really lines up because if it doesn't, when I go out in the public eye, they're going to see every crack, every little cheek in my armor. And what's happening right now is she's struggling with that and she don't know how to cope with it. So because mm-hmm. so now how she's coping with it is I'm lashing out at everybody. Because, but this is the one thing that I have to, that, that really saddens me about the whole situation. When something goes wrong, we always blame the church. We never look inward. Because the one thing we got to understand is whatever Pastor Marvin Winans did, maybe I got to go back and look at myself and say, okay, why did he come to that conclusion? Why didn't he speak to me when, when, he walked by. What was it about my spirit that didn't line up? I think that's the problem with a lot of church people. Instead of looking inward to see what can I do to change the out the perspective, they always look at, oh, this person did this, 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 and this. When it should be, mm-hmm. okay, what is it about my spirit that's not lining up so that I can, whenever I leave here and I tell God I was in the right standing with you, I did everything that I was supposed to do, it really lines up. Because the one thing that the Bible says is the spirit knows the spirit. So if he walked by you and he disrespected you to the point to where you felt the need to go on social media and blast the whole church like that, that's something with your spirit that you have to get under control. So at this point, and the thing that the, the thing that I found real funny was you tried to come back and apologize. You put on the makeup. You had on your makeup, your outfit was nice. When when you was out here being when you was out here doing what you was doing, your hair was messed up. You had a hat on with shades. But oh, when you trying to get the church people to see that, oh, I'm a good church person. Now I can put on a church dress. I can I can smile for the camera. I can tell y'all I'm sorry. But the one thing that people don't understand is it's not your words that's gonna get us to understand that you're sorry. It's your actions. A lot of people mm. say a lot of things, but it's a lot of but a lot of people don't understand it's the it's the actions. So now. What you do in your congregation in Atlanta is really going to show people whether you saw it, not what you get on TV and tell us. Mm. That's what that, that's where the groundwork at, man. And I think a lot of church people forget that. A lot of people want the attention, but the attention only comes when you grind in silence. It don't come when you when you're in the spotlight. The spotlight creates problems. It don't create solutions. So and that's that's mm-hmm. it. With, with Leandra, man, I just and I pray for her like everybody else. I just hope that she finds a comfort in God the way she understands. I don't have to lash out on social media every time I got a problem with the church. And I definitely shouldn't blame my problems, my inner problems on the church. That ain't church hurt. That's, that's the inner workings of you. Mm-hmm. That a person that can get on a person that can get on social media, smoke cigarettes, and cuss and do all that—that's a self problem. That's not a church problem. 
And so I think the mm-hmm. one thing we gotta we gotta stop doing, we gotta stop hiding behind that church hurt, man. And that's that's all I gotta say on that. It's a lot of things playing at the same time, man. You got I've mentioned it, like I said, I've I've been a Christian hip hop artist for for years. I have been on the stage with a lot of folk. You have to judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. Now I do understand yeah. like Trail said, there's some fruit there's some fruit that we can't see yet that has not grown out of this tree. But yeah. at the same time too, man, um, as rough as I'm being on her, that's just my way of communicating things, man. Whenever I talk to somebody, man, it's gonna always come out like a woofer, man, because what's gonna happen is you're gonna mm-hmm. get tough love from me. But I'm gonna come back and love you later. And I just asked the church, let's not do let's not go the route of ostracizing Leandria Johnson. I don't know what her walk is. That's not my business to know. I'm not here to judge the lady. All I can sit here is make a comment on something that you put on social media because once you put it in the public eye, I have a right to comment on it. <laughs> and what exactly. I'm seeing is actions becoming more so of people who get into the industry because they couldn't make it in that other realm, and I'm seeing actions the result of somebody who is either, A, not what she says she is, or still dealing with mm-hmm. some things, and if it's that latter one, then we praying like all heck that you can work your way out of it. And that's what we got to say about yes. that, man. Yes. Yes. From the Thunderstorm mailbag, GQ, are you sitting here saying that Colin Kaepernick couldn't make the Arizona Cardinals? You know what, you know, now that you're sitting here mentioning that, I think uh, when, when me and D.C., we actually did, uh, we, we went roster by roster, and we talked about teams that Colin Kaepernick could actually make the roster. And I think we did say the Arizona was one of those teams, because I will say Colin Kaepernick is better than Sam Bradford. I don't know who Sam Bradford's yeah. agent is, but this I don't know why every NFL player isn't hiring Sam Bradford's agent. Because if this dude can keep getting these contracts for Sam Bradford, what can he actually do for somebody that can actually play? <laughs> Once I see Sam Bradford get another one of these contracts, I'm like, fire oh, my agent. Get me Sam Bradford. Get him on the phone. Yeah. I can yeah. actually play. <laughs> I ain't been hurt. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that, man. That's all I'm saying about that. But, uh, so here we are. Back to the battle. Back to the old school bus. And let's just say, this was supposed to be a Thunderstorm Tournament results show, man. We did the brackets. We had a ball with the brackets. Thank you for the thousands and thousands of people that voted and everything, man. We love each and every one of y'all. Man, we had a ball with the show last week. And we actually are going to do another we're gonna to have to call this one part three even though part two had nothing to do with it man but um i think how did it end up turning out on uh, trail we had uh the final i'm trying to do this off the top of my head we had then you said in the finals was it yeah uh, was that scarface in the final four yeah scarface and scarface tech nine dr dre and rock him right was- Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's what it was. All right. All right. I so we had a final, we had a I final And what? <laughs> hey, it was a lot of debate, man. It was a lot of debate, DC. It was man. a lot of uh, it was a lot of controversy to say the least. Biggie and Tupac both went out in the second round. But that's crazy. But too. hey, salute to the salute to the Thunderstorm audience, man, for your participation, man. And salute for a tournament that had all kinds of surprises and everything. Um, LL took out Biggie. Uh, How? He took care of business against Tupac. (laughs) 
But both, both those legends were going in the second round, man. But salute to Kansas City and to the uh, strange music phenomenon <laughs> that has given us Tech Nine because Tech Nine made his way all the way to the Final Four. Oh yeah, Tech Nine beat in the beat. championship to Dr. Dre. So hey, mm. that's what we that's what we at with it, man. It was fun. Mm. It was fun. And uh, we have a results show because people want to get our opinions on, like, some of the individual battles, things of that nature and everything. But salute to Dr. Dre for winning the whole thing. And um, salute to everybody else. We got a battle to go ahead and decide, man. Song number one yeah. was uh, beat it by Michael Jackson. Phenomenal Ooh, record. Be good. Now, what we wanted to do was we was going to go we was gonna go slow song for slow song. But as most of y'all who followed the career of Michael Jackson probably know, Michael Jackson doesn't have a slow song that we actually care about. The only thing close, the only thing close that could be considered a love song would probably be "Remember the Time," and that's up tempo. And then they got "Liberian Girl," uh, "Man in the Mirror," and uh, I don't know. I'm starting to run out of ideas. How about PYC? Let's throw that in there. But then you can't do that because you can't put "Liberian Girl" against the '99 slow song classics that Prince had. So we just took your vote. Classic. They said throw a beat it in there. <laughs> oh, we could do Prince love songs all day. We got uh, what? I hate you. Uh, can I say damn you on the air? I mean, that's the name of the song. <laughs> yes, it's a Christian what? record. It's a Christian show. We listen to we listen to secular music. Y'all do too. Um, <laughs> uh, you got all kinds of great records from Prince, man. You got all kinds of great records from Prince, but uh. Old school bus. Let's go ahead and settle this thing. And I know the results. And uh, either me or Trey will be very disappointed after this. Take the old school bus up for print.
I can do this all day. I hate you. If I was your girlfriend, diamonds and pearls. You can't mention this without mentioning this this historic successful catalog. We looked for a Michael Jackson record that was a slow song. He doesn't have any. We looked through thirty Prince albums as opposed to the three great albums that Michael Jackson made. Off the wall, bad thriller. That's all you got. It took longer. Oh, I mean, I mean, listen, Actually, dude, it, it, it didn't take it didn't take as long as Mike ain't even Mike doesn't even have as much music as Prince made. Um, but you got, but it was it was a it was a nice run, ladies and gentlemen. It was a nice run. It was a nice run. Um, salute to the great record that is Beat It. Salute to the great artist that is Michael Jackson. Salute, as we just mentioned, we talked about one of the greatest guitar solos of all time that Mike didn't even play. Um, and again, as I said it before, had it been Prince's record, he would have played the guitar solo himself because he played 30 instruments as opposed to the zero that Mike played. <laughs> 30 albums that were great as opposed to the three great albums that Mike made. <laughs> I mean, we just got to keep <laughs> The results, man. We're going to go ahead and close the battle now, man. And guess what? Prince moves on. The champ, Diamonds and Pearls. He's up 300 300 votes now, and we we can go ahead and close it now, man. The votes are starting to close now because another show is coming to an end, man. But Prince moves on. Diamonds and Pearls is your champion again. We play some yeah. up with two legends. But salute to both of them, man. Like I said, I kind of worry about it because the argument always comes up. The argument always comes up, so you know which side I'm taking, man. But, Mike, nothing like it, dude. Nothing like it. Fellas, got about seven minutes left in the broadcast. Who y'all got to say what's up to? Oh, man. Um, just everybody listening and, and all my family that's tuning in, um, thank y'all once again. Follow me on all my social media. Um, we got my Facebook, Dontrell Graham, Twitter, at DTrail33. Uh, same for 
And I guess uh, I, I guess I say to all my people, you know, shout out to my cousin TJ, Dub City, my man Scope. Y'all listening? What's up with y'all boys? MIA, I'm finna come out and party with y'all, man. Hey, if you, if you see your boy DC, holla at me. And I just wanna, you know, just thank my man GQ for having me on the show like always. Appreciate it, friend, fam. DC, DC is uh DC is in Miami, man, and we definitely praying for a safe return for you and for some face times while you're down there and everything, man. Um, be careful. We'll see you when you get back here to the uh to the Carolinas. Ladies no, and gentlemen, back Sunday. Another one's in the books. Some of y'all tuned in expecting to hear the second part of the Thunderstorm Tournament Results Show. We stopped scripting these shows a while ago, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> we get y'all the next go around. Tune in Tuesday, because we got the SEC ACC football preview coming up. We got the NFL preview coming up. We got the Drake album review coming up. 25 songs of other trash. Mm. Mm. We love y'all, man. We love y'all. Time to go out, man. We go out with the champ. We're riding the wave, man. We might as well go out with a little bit more prints, man. Thank y'all for listening. God bless y'all. Good night. One for the road, man. Rather than be rather than be eye candy, why not be so food? That goes to you ladies and you fellas. We'll talk to y'all in the next go around, all right? Power.